1: Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Friday, December 29th, 2023. Max Blumenthal joins us as we uh, are streaming this. It's late in the day on Friday. It's a long week. It's the beginning of a holiday weekend. My dear friend Max has just finished his own great two-hour show, and I've just finished an hour and a half doing a variety of on-air work. But These are important pieces that we need to talk about, and we deeply appreciate all of you uh, lined up to hear us. And Max, thank you very much for all the time you've given us in 2023, and I hope we can continue to do this uh, in 2024. And and welcome here, my dear friend. You you are a world-renowned investigative journalist, and your investigative work Uh, Of late has centered around the horrors in Gaza and the crimes committed uh, by the uh, Israeli uh, Defense Forces. One of the issues that you have recently raised is this Have the Palestinians who have been kidnapped by the IDF and by Israeli police been tortured while in custody?
0: Yeah, one of the things we've been doing at the Gray Zone, because we can't get in there into the Gaza Strip, no international reporters can, is working with rep- reporters on the ground uh, who are covering these horrific events and publishing their work at our channel. I'm producing it. Uh, one event we covered was the return of something like 80 to 100 corpses to uh, the Gaza Strip, to a cemetery in the southern city of Rafa. These were corpses of peoples whose bodies had been stolen by the Israeli military from, many of them had been stolen from the Shifa hospital in the Gaza Strip. Uh, in Gaza City, from other cemeteries, ostensibly because the Israelis were looking for their own hostages. But we have this history of Israeli organ theft, of the theft of body parts, which is well documented and admitted by, for example, Dr. Yehuda Hiss, an Israeli state pathologist at the Abu Kabir Institute in Israel. Um, there are reports even by CNN about this Dating back decades, Israel is an international center of the illegal organ trade. Israelis have been prosecuted in Israeli courts for this. And the Gaza Ministry of Health and Euromed Human Rights Monitor have alleged that these corpses, when they were returned to Israel to be buried in a mass grave, because there's no room left in the cemeteries, had body parts missing. I know personally, Judge, uh, from knowing the family of Rachel Corey who Mm -hmm. was killed by an Israeli bulldozer uh, while defending the home of a Palestinian friend of hers in the Gaza Strip in, I believe, 2003. Um, They alleged that her uh, parts of her body were taken by that very figure, that notorious figure, Dr. Yehuda Hiss, when she was, her body was returned to her family. So there's a history of this.
1: This is very unsettling. And um, how do they do this? I mean, do they bring the body to a uh, to an Israeli morgue and an Israeli mortician opens up the body and removes the organs and then they then they bury the body in a in a mass grave?
0: Well, that's what the Gaza Ministry of Health is alleging. What Doctor Yehuda His said was that we removed corneas and took uh, organs and other body parts without the permission of the people who had been killed or their families. Um, This included Palestinians who had been killed by Israeli security forces. People were killed in road accidents and even uh, Israeli soldiers. Israel also has the largest skin bank in the world. um, And it uses that skin bank to uh, graft the skin of, for example, burn wounds that Israeli soldiers are enduring in the Gaza Strip as thousands are being wounded in this sort of faltering military assault on Gaza. The Israeli skin bank is accused of stealing body parts as well. Um, so this is a this is this is a crime against humanity that goes to the essence of Israel's assault on personal the personal freedom of Palestinians. Art, that families art. don't even have the right to bury their own their own family members who are killed, and that's also part of the psychological war on Palestine that israel seeks has all has traditionally sought to prevent the burials of palestinians especially those who they consider to be quote unquote
1: terrorists you reminded us at the outset of this uh, program that you're not permitted in uh, gaza and and no international uh, journalists are but whatever uh, sources you have for this has this been exposed to the israeli public is does the, is the israeli public Uh, aware of what the military and the Netanyahu administration is doing.
0: The Israeli public is not aware of the suffering of people in Gaza. And there was actually an exchange on an Israeli news program, uh, a broadcast news program in Hebrew, I think it was Channel 13, one of the major networks there, where a journalist, older journalist uh, from a more centrist or liberal position, said that people in Israel needed to understand how much suffering was taking place in Gaza because it was a catastrophe that would impact them as well. And a younger journalist who's more in line with Netanyahu named Boker al-Mog was brought on to basically shout down this senior reporter and tell him that he was compromising the war effort and basically serve as a sort of organic military censor to prevent people from knowing. People also in Israel are not aware fully of how much their own military is suffering in the Gaza Strip. I think the number of casualties is being concealed, the number of injuries, the hideous injuries, and now we're hearing about a plague of suicides among Israeli soldiers who've come out of Gaza. In fact, uh, some members of the Golani Brigade that were pulled out of northern Gaza were actually punished for attempting to speak to the bereaved Mm. mother of one of their um,
1: company mates. Tell me about the... uh about the torture. Uh, what, what, what is to be gained by torturing Palestinian civilians other than, uh, the macabre, uh, sadistic, uh, effort to, uh, punish people because of their ethnicity?
0: Well, when the Golani brigade went into Israel, they chanted, uh, went into Gaza before they went in, they chanted a, a song. There are no, our, our motto is there are no uninvolved in Gaza. There are no civilians. And that's sort of the Israeli military doctrine, is that everyone is Hamas and that everyone in Gaza is responsible. And and with the failure of the Israeli military to kill the prime minister of Gaza, Yahya Senwar, something that the Israeli defense minister promised would happen, with their failure to get any high profile Hamas leaders and drag them out in front of the Israeli public or bomb their homes, they're just simply targeting civilians, taking hundreds of often old men and even children into uh, one into a soccer stadium in Gaza and putting video out there on social media of them being humiliated, left shirtless in the cold, blindfolded, taken in trucks to an internment camp in southern Israel where they're then tortured. And we covered this at the gray zone with a Palestinian journalist. We actually got to interview uh, some of the older men who are just working class guys in Gaza, who were dumped back in the Gaza Strip after being taken to this camp for torture, they are presented to the Israeli public as actual Hamas militants because the Israeli military is unable to present a real military victory.
1: Doesn't the Israeli public see right through this? And don't they blame the government for uh, torturing innocent people and lying to them about it? Yeah, I don't think
0: there's much sympathy there for any... Palestinians uh, within the within the Israeli public. What is happening, however, is uh, there have been a series of meetings with the families of. Jewish-Israeli hostages who are still in Gaza, there are more than 100 of them, and Netanyahu, and they're screaming at Netanyahu. They're demanding that he roll back this military operation and negotiate because they realize that the only way they're going to get their loved ones back is through an actual deal. And Netanyahu is determined to avoid that deal because a ceasefire means the end of his political career and the end of his extremely right-wing coalition. So there is mounting opposition. Netanyahu actually went into a meeting today with the um, ministry, Minister of Defense, the War Cabinet, without the intelligence chiefs uh, because he's increasingly afraid of scrutiny. Uh, we're seeing a war of the mandarins within, Israeli, within the Israeli body politic where the intense pressure on Netanyahu is ratcheting up as he is failing to bring the hostages back. Is he actually afraid of uh, Mossad and Shin Bet? Well, these are the the so-called gatekeepers. And the former Mossad and Shin Bet chiefs, you know, appeared in a film, for example, a documentary called The Gatekeepers, where they were attacking Netanyahu and the religious nationalist direction, um, the Israeli government. And they're increasingly coming out and saying, for example, former Israeli army chief of staff, Dan Halutz, who helped oversee some of the first heavy aircraft assaults on the Gaza Strip in history has said that the war is lost to Hamas and that the real victory will only come when Netanyahu is removed. Um, you have Giora Eland, who is a, form, a major former major general, who's now a major military commentator in Israel. He has said that the Palestinian resistance in Gaza has proved resilient and cannot be simply defeated. So all these acknowledgments are taking place. Every major centrist columnist in Israel has said that there will be no military solution in Gaza and that Netanyahu is the problem, but Netanyahu is there. He has a solid base and he himself is a prisoner to these extreme figures like Itamar Ben-Gvir who hold just a few seats in the Israeli Knesset, but if they leave his coalition, his whole coalition falls apart. He leaves power and he goes back to trial for all the corruption charges
1: he faces. I guess he would also be uh, indicted for incompetence as well, malfeasance uh, in office. But- on
0: October 7th, for sure. Right. I mean, more men have to be thrown into the meat grinder in Gaza in order to keep Netanyahu's political career alive. And I think that is starting to dawn on Israel, along with the fact that they're taking losses on the northern border. And as former Israeli minister in a Netanyahu coalition, Avigdor Lieberman, pointed out today, angrily aimed at Netanyahu, 200,000 Israelis are internally displaced because they can't go back home in the South or the North because the military campaign is not achieving its objectives.
1: What was the torture that was visited on the uh, Palestinian civilians? Do you know?
0: Uh, Well, they're coming back and alleging everything from uh, being handcuffed for days and days on end, uh, being beaten Euromed Human Rights Monitor and the Israeli newspaper Haaretz have documented numerous deaths. Beating, they were beaten to death. Uh, uh-huh. Some have n- now alleged that they were given hallucinogenic drugs in order to force them into confession. And we've seen the, the head of the uh, Rantisi Pediatric Hospital, which had the only pediatric oncology ward in, uh, in Gaza, he was captured by Israel and they induced a confession in which he claimed that he was Hamas uh, in order to justify Israel's destruction of most of the medical facilities in northern Gaza. So, of course, that came through torture. Why else would he say it? So one young, older man we interviewed said that they would, they would say anything just to stop their beatings.
1: How bad is the famine uh, and the disease in Gaza as we speak? Because Visit SleepingDogsMovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's SleepingDogsMovie.com
0: slash There's one uh, Twitter account I follow of a woman who's still in northern Gaza who writes in English. Uh, her name is Iman Bashar, B-A-S-H-E-R. Everyone should follow her. She's with her children there, and she said they have lost almost half their weight. She has young children. She said, I hope you all are enjoying watching my child, my children starve to death because no aid is reaching northern Gaza. Famine is spreading in the camps in southern Gaza. So only a few aid trucks are able to enter from Egypt. And at the final checkpoint before these trucks go in, they're checked by the Israelis at Kerem Shalom, which is an Israeli checkpoint. So Israel has, an, has total control over everything that goes in Gaza. And according to one medical professional I spoke to, they're taking the anesthetic out Over 1,000 children, according to UNICEF, in the Gaza Strip have received amputations of their limbs without anesthetic. It's not hard to find videos of that taking place on Twitter. I watched one, unfortunately, of a child reciting the Quran as they were having a limb amputated without anesthetic. Just imagine
1: Mm. your own child being subjected to that. it, It is unimaginable. Uh, the New York Times uh, has published a piece claiming uh, that the on October 7th, there's evidence of rape and beheading. You have debunked that. You have just obliterated that. Why would the Times do it? And what was the Times uh, so-called information even based on?
0: Well, this is an, a high-level Israeli psychological operation and a propaganda hoax that was only became coherent about two months after October 7th, when Israel decided that international support for its genocidal rampage in Gaza was faltering, and that they were particularly losing support among Joe Biden's base, which includes many feminists, progressive-minded people. And so they began to accuse Hamas of mass rape without any forensic evidence. And that's the first thing the New York Times piece by Jeffrey Gettleman, who is guilty of the worst journalistic malpractice, as we just outlined at our live stream at the Gray Zone, and I did so on Twitter and will continue to do, um, they, they blame the lack of forensic evidence, the total lack of forensic evidence proving these allegations on Jewish burial ritual so basically, if you challenge any of this or ask for evidence, you're anti-Semitic. Then yeah. they proceed to interview all these witnesses. Uh, one guy, Raz Cohen, who's a former Special Forces uh, soldier who was at the Nova Electronic Music Festival, who claimed to have seen uh, Hamas militants get out of a white van and gang rape a woman in the middle of their lightning surprise attack on Israel. And this is a guy who has changed his story, as I've documented no less than eight times, and when he was interviewed on October 9th, first interviewed, he made no statements about having witnessed any rape. Uh, then you have this anonymous paramedic that, is, that the New York Times interviews, who has previously gone on an Indian news channel and lied about finding a dead Israeli baby thrown in a trash can by Hamas militants and stabbed multiple times. There's no record of that. He's just a fraud. I, I can go on and on, But from top to bottom, this story is an elaborate fraud based on the perception that anyone involved with Hamas is capable of of sexual savagery as soon as they come upon a Jewish-Israeli woman. Which is interesting because if you listen to the testimonies of the young women who have come out of the Gaza Strip where they were held in captivity, none of them describe any sexual abuse. In fact, one said that she was... Uh, shocked at how careful her captors were to not make her feel uncomfortable in any way or violated in any way. That's not to say that, you know, everything Hamas did was, 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 oh, of, course, was, of was, course, you know, of course. that, that they didn't kill people. They didn't kill right. civilians, but what right. Israel has to do, Israel has to go big with its propaganda to justify it's big genocide. And,
1: and, and Max, the propaganda has been a failure. Is there any country on the planet besides the United States of America whose government buys this? No. I mean, the majority of Americans are
0: in favor of a ceasefire and consider the amount of propaganda they're subjected to by legacy media. They're still able to see through it. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing how biden's empire of lies has just completely collapsed this is a major contributing factor in his historic unpopularity heading into a re-election the democratic national convention in chicago the site of the 1968 richard daly police riot is going to be a disaster this assault on gaza is vietnam for the young progressive activist between age 18 and 25 And Biden is going to pay a heavy price,
1: as he should. Has the uh, IDF intentionally murdered journalists in Gaza? Absolutely.
0: Um, We have one of the most famous journalists in Gaza, who's a revered figure. His name is Wael Dadu. He's still alive. His cameraman was deliberately targeted by Israel and killed as they tried to cover an Israeli attack on a UN school where civilians were sheltering. He was killed in a drone strike. Dadu was injured. But previously in October, Dadu's entire family, his son, his daughter's grandchild, his wife, they were killed in a targeted strike. Um, a targeted strike on their home. This was a deliberate attack because Dadu is a famous Al Jazeera journalist mm. and an Israeli military analyst. His name is Ye- Yehezekele, Yeke- Yekazeli, uh, Yehuda Yekazeli. I believe his name is. He's a famous military analyst. He went on Channel 13 that night and declared that Dadu was killed by Israel, was targeted by Israel because they hated his reporting. It wasn't just his opinion, he was claiming confirmation based on military sources. And this has happened again and again to Palestinian journalists in Gaza, where they've been killed not just in the field, but at home along with their entire families. And Tony Blinken goes out today and laments the loss of so many journalists around the world who are reporting conflict. That's blood on Tony Blinken's hands. He's he's lamenting his own crimes. And
1: and what will it take for the Israeli public to recognize the barbarity of the uh, of the government? Uh, all these examples that you've given us, the lies uh, of the government, the um, secrets of the of the government. Wouldn't the Israeli public be outraged if they knew or had enough evidence to believe what you've been reporting? Well,
0: just a quick correction that came to mind so everyone can Google it or search for it on Twitter. It, it's, it's Zvi Yekazeli who made that statement about the Palestinian journalist. I don't believe the Israeli public will at any point have a change of heart about this genocidal rampage in Gaza. It is the most one of the most indoctrinated publics on the planet because of the full conscription in the military. Um, there will be other factors brought to bear that will force them into uh, some kind of, uh, rec- so th- that, will, th- that may force them to pull back. Unfortunately, if the United States is not one of those factors, it's going to be military force from elements like Hezbollah or economic force, which we're seeing as the de facto government of Yemen closes off one of the key economic choke points at Bab al in the Red Sea on Israel, um, it's been a very effective method of putting pressure on Israel with with minimum um, military force.
1: Uh, how is the Israeli uh, economy with the uh, three hundred and fifty thousand uh, draft age uh, men uh, reservists uh, ordered for active duty, and with obviously no Palestinians able uh, to work in in menial jobs? How has this affected the economy? That's a great question.
0: Uh, You're seeing a lot of these reservists who've been in the field for two months or or more who are small businessmen actually losing their small business and starting Mm. to ask for donations, crowdfunding to maintain their houses. They're going before Knesset and complaining that they're being reduced to poverty. So this is another this is another pressure point on Netanyahu and the war cabinet. Uh, Yes, cheap Palestinian labor is no longer available, which is hurting the economy. And uh, the Israeli finance ministry has announced that it's basically back in COVID mode in handing out aid to Israeli citizens, um, tapping all their strategic financial reserves to basically pay people to stay in Israel because so many Israelis who can leave are leaving. You have the southern city of Sterot, which came under attack on October 7th. No one can move back there. So the Israeli government is having to pay for hotel rooms and welfare for everyone in a relatively sizable Israeli city, people who are already fairly poor. So this is taking an economic toll on a society which is accustomed to a more middle-class lifestyle, unlike the population of, for example, southern Lebanon or the Gaza Strip, where there is sort of a ethos of, of steadfastness and
1: resistance. Have you seen any evidence of uh, American military uh, advisors uh, guiding or or influencing uh, the IDF Physi- physically present in Israel. Yeah, I
0: was just thinking about uh, thinking back to the early days, and there was a figure named James Glynn, hmm. who is a major, I think, in the U.S. Army. and He was the person who oversaw the U.S. assault on the Syrian city of Raqqa in order to dislodge ISIS, in which Thousands of bombs were dropped. Half the city was destroyed. Tens of thousands of civilians were killed. He also oversaw the assault on Mosul. Obviously, this couldn't have been done without cooperation with Iran and specifically the IRGC Major General Qasem Soleimani. But the U.S. oversaw the air campaign. And, you know, it appears that Glenn kind of was 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 trying to guide Israel as it prepared another similar operation. But he left after a few days. And mm-hmm. I think any control that the Pentagon might have had over uh, what Israel does with its weapons, we see, we've seen the Biden administration just authorize another $125 million of explosive charges today without congressional approval, without our approval to Israel, uh, that the Pentagon doesn't really have any leverage. It's, it's, it's forfeited. Lloyd Austin has forfeited any leverage and lost any control over strategy. At best, what I could see the U.S. doing is, you know, the NSA might be helping with targeting. But at this point, what is targeting? Israel just targeted a bunch of families right. in the Maghazi refugee camp, and
1: right. then came
0: out and apologized for using the wrong weapon. It's I mean, a joke. It, it, Lloyd Austin, a
1: crime. Lloyd Austin was there last weekend. Well, what do you think he said to Netanyahu? We're going to keep giving you whatever you want. Yeah, what do they say?
0: What do they say? What, I mean, he was, Ken,
1: what do they say? They're both complicit in the most monstrous war crimes in the modern era. I mean, Lloyd Austin's an empty uniform.
0: He's, I don't, I don't see any substance there at all. And he, and he's in a political appointee, so he's there to represent Biden and, and Jake Sullivan. He was trying to put together this pathetic Operation Prosperity Guardian, Guardian coalition to protect commercial shipping from the de facto Yemeni government and that coalition has fallen apart because countries like Spain and Italy didn't want to be part of a coalition headed by a U.S. and not an EU or NATO flag so that it's just it's just a U.S. operation and the U.S. has had to pull back because they don't want to lose U.S. ships to drone swarms and anti-ship attacks so his whole mission was a failure but Biden today uh, leaked to the press this is such a little this is such a little op. They leaked to the press that he was furious at Netanyahu for not authorizing more money to the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank. So that's what you're furious at Netanyahu about? You're not furious about thousands? Of, 175 civilians were killed in the last 24 hours in the Gaza Strip, and you're not furious about that? You're furious about them not propping up the Vichy regime you've established in the West Bank? How, so this how... is the Biden administration.
1: From all your sources, how do you see this uh, ending uh, in Gaza on the Israeli side? Not not Biden and, and the Democrats. I agree with you. It's going to be a mess. But how do you see it ending? At some point, Netanyahu is going to have to stop. There's got to be some pressure on him that uh, he can't go on like this. Or will he just go on and on and on and on because he knows when it stops, his, his uh, job is over? I can
0: tell you what. I think the Israelis will do if the U S doesn't stop them. Um, It doesn't mean that they will achieve this because they are not achieving the their military gains as they would have expected. And they're forced to acknowledge that Hamas has been a much tougher enemy than they anticipated, but they think that they're going to be able to achieve their strategy in Gaza through a three tiered campaign. The first was to just, depopulate northern Gaza as much as possible and turn that into a de facto buffer zone occupied by their military, where they're still getting attacked constantly and taking bodies. But they they destroyed all the medical centers, all the centers of life, pushed the population to the center and the south. Now in phase two, they're attacking the center and the city of Khan Yunus, where they think Hamas leadership is occupied, is, is holed up. And then they're going to try to push them closer and closer to the Egyptian border. Then they want to establish a second Buffer zone in the so called Philadelphia corridor between Egypt and the Gaza city of Rafah, which will create this kind of pincher vice like effect on the Palestinian population. And in phase three, they will fully attack the Palestinian population, which they associate 100% with Hamas and complete the humanitarian catastrophe by pushing them into Egypt's Sinai desert. Right now, they're calling it voluntary migration. And they will have thinned out the population of the Gaza Strip to the point where it will no longer be a cradle of resistance to Israeli apartheid and occupation. That's the Israeli plan in three tiers. They're very open about it. And the U.S. is doing nothing to confront the reality of this plan. But luckily, Someone is. The South African government just invoked the Genocide
1: Convention at the International Court of Justice today. Mm. And what did that invocation mean? Did they charge uh, Netanyahu and, and his uh, colleagues with war crimes? It, well, it
0: would, it would it would mean that it would take place at the world court, that the world court would investigate. It's an 84-page document I haven't read. Third parties can sign on and other countries can and should sign on. And the world court is much more of a reflection of international opinion and, and multilateralism than the international criminal court which right. is co-opted by the u.s it has its most pathetic prosecutor in kareem khan right now who's you know indicted putin for evacuating children from the war zone right, right. saving uh, children's
1: lives and he's indicted for it yeah
0: he's yeah. indicted for that but then when kareem khan went to Israel. He just met with Jewish Israeli survivors of October 7th and hasn't done anything. The Palestinians aren't even meeting with him because he's so sold out. So actually what this will do is force the ICC to make an assessment of genocide and genocidal intent by Israeli leadership. It forces the hand of the ICC to have this being investigated at the world court. So there at least is some action and it will force the concept of genocide into the international media discussion, it should already be there because you have a clear plan to commit genocide, to ethnically cleanse the Palestinian population in Gaza and kill as many of them as as they want. And you have genocidal intent expressed at the highest levels of Israeli leadership from Netanyahu referring to the Palestinian population as the biblical Amalek that was slaughtered in the book of Deuteronomy to military officials Um, just calling for the flattening of Gaza and declaring that the grandmother, the first grader, and the baby in Gaza are just as much of an enemy as Hamas militants as a veteran of Israel's Unit 8200 cybersecurity Division declared on Israeli national TV. I mean, you hear this every night. So the case seems to be clear cut to me. Just a question of getting countries to force it at the world court.
1: Max, thank you very much. It's been a long day and I appreciate your time. Your analysis is uh, not only first rated, it is second to none. And we are deeply grateful that you share it uh, with me and with our uh, audience. Have a great holiday weekend. A happy new year to you, notwithstanding what we're talking about and, and all the suffering in the world. But uh, you're doing the work of the angels by exposing it. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you, Judge. And uh, see you on another long day.
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Oh, all right, holiday weekend coming up. Uh, our, as we used to say at Fox, our cameras are dark uh, for the weekend. We'll be back with you with uh, our full panoply of all of our first-rate guests, from Colonel McGregor to Scott Ritter to Tony Schaefer to Professor Sachs to Professor Mearsheimer to all of your favorites starting on Tuesday next week. From my heart to yours, from our team to your household. Happy New Year. Judge the for judging freedom.